Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to another episode of Dean Talk. To all of our regular listeners and a special welcome to all of our new brothers and sisters tuning in for the first time today. As you all know from the poster on the ta- or the title of the podcast even, Alhamdulillah, today me and Maulana Bakhalid are joined by Maulana Huzaifa Saleh to discuss social media, both navigating it as a user, especially in these testing times, but also from the angle of content creation and making an Islamic page. And who better to speak to you regarding this uh, than Maulana Huzaifa, and uh, who founded Siblings of Ilm, sorry, uh, which we'll come on to soon, inshallah. And obviously Mama, who himself built up thousands of followers, also through his Dawah work online. Uh, technology, obviously, it's amazing when it works. Um, this podcast itself, we are recording, has been made possible to enter your ears through the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, allowing us to use technology to our advantage. My own journey with Islam has been scattered with YouTube videos, online dawah pages and podcasts, and I'm sure many of our listeners are the same. However, it's becoming more and more difficult to navigate through the good, the bad, and to balance social media with our real lives. And unfortunately, sometimes it can tend to blur reality. We'll come on to several aspects of this, inshallah, but to introduce our honourable guest, uh, Maulana, uh, graduated from the renowned establishment Jamia Ulum al-Quran in Leicester, founded under the patronage of Sheikh Avin Saab. Maulana has previously taught courses and webinars on topics related to fiqh, of burial, tafsir of the Quran, hadith sciences, and of course, founding, founded siblings of ilm. They were currently doing great work each and every day, and 100% worth a follow on Instagram if you don't already follow them and all their platforms online. I'm sure Mulana's too humble to shout them out, so I'll do it for him. Um, but me and Mama have been following for years, and Alhamdulillah have benefited a lot from this online portal for, you know, for Talibul Ilm, Seekers of Knowledge. Currently, Mulana is studying Advanced Fifth in the Science of Kirat, and currently serves the community as a head teacher of a school-based madrasa within Leicester, and also leads Jummah prayers in a local masjid. So Mulana, first thing first, how are you? Uh, alhamdulillah, I'm doing well. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah to both of you as well. Firstly, Jazakallah khairan for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. Um, I know it's been uh, an episode in the works for some time and uh, it's been something I've been anticipating and looking forward to. Uh, alhamdulillah. Um, so it's it's lovely to be here. Jazakallah. Yeah, it's our pleasure. It's all our pleasure. Yeah. I'm sure Mama would say the same when we started the podcast or when we made our, like, our hit list of who we wanted. You're right up there. <laughs> right up there. Sounds like a bad thing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but yes, social media, Molana. Um, obviously, it's, it's something that you're very familiar with, obviously, with your work. But how did you first come into contact with social media? Was it through, um, you know, when you were studying or? Yeah, so, I mean, like every teenager, um, social media was one of those things which you're exposed to. Um, whilst you know while studying so it was in my teenage years whilst during secondary um, when I used it but possibly not as avidly as I do now but it was something there in the background I had a Facebook account um, first that was the first thing I had um, and in those times like Facebook was you know really it was there to and I, I wasn't using it in this way but generally it'd be used for like updating the small more, most smallest things like, oh, you know, I'm doing this right now. I'm going yeah. here. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. Um, but, like, amongst friends, it was just one of those things because, like, you know, there were games on there. You know, you can take pictures and upload them. So it was all, like, you know, a buzz. Um, and that's how I was exposed to them. And then, um, like, in the later years of my secondary, um, you know, Instagram became a thing. And I, I jumped onto Instagram. And, again, it was 
uh, more of a kind of like connecting with people I already knew um, from school, from madrasa, um, and sharing things with them. Um, and then as I joined then Alimiya, um, then I began kind of like exploring different things. And then slowly um, it shaped into something which had a, a intended purpose and like an intended use. Um, so it started off as something very casual, something free, something like unintended. Um, but then, like, alhamdulillah, over time, it's become something which is in, used for a purpose and used intentionally. Yeah, and I think um, I got exposed to your work through your Ramadan Reminders, Maulana. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I joined Instagram many years ago as well. Um, and like yourself, it was just kind of thought, I thought, well, let me use this platform for spreading deen. Mm-hmm. And um, well, like with myself, I started doing digital dawah um back in msn chat days msn messenger days wow. <laughs> i didn't use msn messenger obviously but um, i used to send email chains mm-hmm. so if you ever, ever got those email chains probably i had a hand in it somewhere um but i think my wife got instagram first and you know like sisters do they use it for shopping and browsing everything and anything but and then I, I thought oh this is interesting that's when i kind of um entered the platform but i remember i came across your reminders um ramadan reminders and every ramadan i used to see them everywhere and i used to think wow who is this person man and then mashallah it just fucked you down and then um i think you actually sent me a message and that, that was it i've kind of started following you from that but it is interesting you know like you say you started off doing like a personal thing but how did ramadan reminders develop is that was that part yeah. of your process yeah so like again later end of my secondary so Towards the end of my second secondary, I, I built a, a real like interest in technology, in IT. Um, I was like, you know, doing very basic design. I had like Adobe After Effects, like when I was in year 10, year 11. And wow. I was editing things. And yeah, I was editing things. And like, you know, when, you know, as, as a teenager, when you're watching, uh, you know, like clips and things like that, or like, you know, uh, something extraordinary happens. For me, it wasn't like a moment that would just pass by. I'd, I'd, I'd start thinking like, okay, I wonder how they did that. Like, you know, that the after effects or what, whatever happened. And I tried to recreate some of that. So I remember like, you know, um, creating like a recording myself and then having like duplicates of me in the same, in the same, like, you know, in the same room and things like that. And, you know, and, you, and you're in your 10, you're in, you're, you're in your 11 and you find that so exciting. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Like I've created two of myself and. Um, so then, yeah, I mean, then um, after I finished my formal studies, my secondary, um, I made I had an intention to join Alimiya. And when I joined Alimiya, um, of course, I was like, you know, uh, in, in a very positive and dini environment, which kind of prompted, uh, you know, me to think about what else I wanted to do. Even Alhamdulillah, because I had gone to a secondary, an uh, Islamic secondary school, um, I had started an initiative around that time with just my classmates that it was called Dawa Forums when I was in like yeah, 10, year 11. And it's essentially, it's non-existent today, but essentially it was very similar to your email chains. But the objective was simple. It was just like I, I had started a website. It's a forum. Uh, you know, whatever we were learning in Maktab, we would just upload it. And, you know, our class, we were going Maktab anyways. So it was like, okay, let's type up what we were learning and let's just upload it. Um, and then that's what it was. Um, and then obviously year 11, you know, after year 11, we all kind of everyone went their own ways. So that discontinued. 
um, Alimiyah took priority But then like during Ramadan um, I felt you know I needed to do something uh, with, with the skills that I had And why not you know create something like this um, And ar- it, was, it was around those times where You know nothing like that existed at that time yeah. Um, now obviously we're bombarded with reminders and images <laughs> with, with with a hadith and things like that. Yeah. Ten years ago, when when I did the first year, Subhanallah, something like that didn't exist, and it started simply like um, you know just creating it and then sending it to the friends and sending it to classmates and family, and literally that's it. And then it was like, okay, you know, like I have Facebook and you know I'm using this, so yeah. why not upload it there as well. Um, and then it became like a something that I wanted and I was looking forward to do, uh, try new try new designs, try learn new hadith and share them and post them, and it became something really exciting for me, um, and it became something I really look forward to. And then like a couple of years passed, and then like you said, like you know you discovered it and you were like, okay, who is this person making this? And then <laughs> that's like you know there were so many people like that, and they were and then you know before before Ramadan came, people were asking like, oh you know you know. Are you doing them? Like, you know, can you send yeah. them to me? And then I was like, oh, wow, subhanAllah. You know, it's like so much pressure. So overwhelming. But alhamdulillah, um, you know, so that's how it started. And like this Ramadan that, that went, the last Ramadan, it was 10 years. Uh, wow. It was the 10th year of year. And it was just like, you know, it was, uh, you know, years fly by, but it was a great like reflection of how how fast the years have been, have, have passed by. SubhanAllah. But yeah, that's that's how I kind of got into it. And uh, 10 years on, Alhamdulillah, um, Allah has, you know, blessed me with good health to continue doing them every Ramadan. Alhamdulillah. I mean, yeah, um, it is interesting, Moran. Like you say, you know, um, Alhamdulillah, we were, I guess, fortunate to have that kind of um, mind frame that we want to do good with social media. Whereas these days, it's, I wouldn't say it's rare, but people use it for the purpose of theme, but it kind of diverts. Or sometimes it's the other way around. Um, but like one of the things that I've put out to you, is it necessary to really engage with social media these days? And then following on from that, uh, how do you use social media to sort of propagate, you know, Amar al Nahri? Mm. So, I mean, in terms of is it necessary to use social media um, in, this, in, in this day and age? Like, you know, if we're speaking very strictly, like, is it is it like oxygen that we need it? No, no you know, yeah. you can, there are so many people in the world that live without it and they're living a, a very happy and, you know, a, a, a normal life, which is fine. Alhamdulillah. So can a person live without social media? Yes, they can. But, um, you know, it, just statistics show um, when I did a radio talk, like just after uh, or during the COVID period, statistics, when I looked at it in relation to social media, it showed that more than half of the world's population is using social media. And during COVID, because everyone was isolating, everyone was at home, there was an insane amount of growth um, on social media by almost about 490 million people had joined social media in the the last year, in the year that COVID lasted, um, which was like a year-on-year increase of like 13% of how many people already were using social media. So people are constantly joining, people are, you know, constantly using it. Um, we live, we as, as humans have been created as social beings, right? We have relationships that we need to maintain with one another. We are told to interact and, you know, ensure that we fulfill of one another. 
and social media in some aspects in some respects facilitates that um but again it's a very like you know double-edged sword um double you know it's it, yeah. it can be used like many things for good and it can also be used like many things for bad um so you know i often give this example that you know we have a knife um that same knife can be used in the kitchen and it is used in the kitchen to make food and you need it it's necessary you know if you take out the knife from the kitchen then you're not going to have you know the appropriate equipment and tools to make you know sufficient amount of food essentially um but that same knife is used for crime as well exactly. right you know people commit knife crime yeah. so but then we don't say that get rid of the knife you know like let's like dispose of all knives what we say is we'll teach people how to use this tool that we have in the correct way all right. Yeah. So essentially, the the way um, you know many many of my school, many of my teachers, uh, and the way I see uh, and approach social media is this: that you know it's a tool. Uh, it has, and we need to acknowledge that it does have its uh, its bad bad side to it. Yeah. But we need to equip our youth uh, with with the good side to it and how to use it in the correct way, how to um, utilize it in in the right way. Now, when ulama um, you know, uh, they speak about the Sharia and the Ahkam of Sharia. They split up, like, you know, all the teachings into five categories. They say, you know, like, all the teachings fall under either five of these categories, which is either to do with Aqaid, Ibadat, Mu'amalat, Mu'ashara, and Adab or Tasawwuf. Now, when we, when we deal with social media, everything that deals with social media deals with social etiquettes, like Mu'ashara. So, we have guidance we have guidelines and guidances within our sharia within our islam within our religion on how to use it right for us like as as the scholars and ilm and, and as like you know leaders of the community um, it's upon us to introduce those that are using social media to these guidelines and then if there is a person, so if you told me that there is a person, you know, called Zaid and he, he doesn't he doesn't use social media, nor does he need to use social media, would you advise that he join social media? I'd say no. Let him live let him live his life happily as he is without using social media. But then if you said there is another brother called Bakr and he uses social media, he's using XYZ and you know, like what would your advice be for him? Is it necessary for him to use it, etc.? You know, I would say look, if he's using it, then Teach him how to use it correctly. Teach him yeah. how to use it in, in in an Islamic manner, as we have guidances within the Sharia. So essentially, that's um you know that's that's the crux of you know whether social media is necessary in our day and age. Like you know, I I think it's very difficult to say now that there are youngsters or there are there are there are youth like you know I know as a uh, as an individual that works within the maktab who is exposed to students from primary and secondary you know they they are all connected to a platform on social media it's very rare to have a student who doesn't know of instagram or facebook uh, or you know now like they have this discord and and all these new apps that have come out now right just in the last yeah, week yeah. like i had one the students telling me oh mulana we have like a madrasa discord channel and I like you know I, I don't know what Discord is, um, but then you know you have to like equip yourself. You know you have to learn. Yeah, those, yeah. You know kids are using it, but then you know uh, it's upon us as teachers and as educators. We tell them that look, 
okay, you're using these things. What? Wh- why are you using it? Like, why do you need it? What do, what do you guys do on it? And then, based on that answer, we tell them, okay, look, make sure you take care of these things. Like, you know, make sure you're doing these things if you are using it, right? And then on top of that, it's it needs to be coupled with teaching also the parents the guidelines and, and you know, kind of like um, principles to keep in mind. Because they also need to know that, okay, what does Islam say about these things, right? Because they can't, like parents shouldn't just freely allow their child or their children to be using social media. It needs to be, it needs to be given to them with certain restrictions and certain guidelines, etc. If they are to allow it, all right? I'm not saying yeah. parents should allow it. If they are to allow it, then it should be given with some certain restrictions and guidelines and things like that. And it should be something that they monitor as well. Yeah, hundred percent, Marana. Um, I think, like you say, it's important for us to teach our students and our children how to use social media. But in order to do that, we ourselves need to know what they're using. Um, like you know, the example you gave about Discord. Like I knew about it because my kids play PlayStation, and it's one gamers are quite um uh, uh familiar with. But when I looked into it, I actually found out that it's used by pedophiles to target children a lot. Mm. Then I was like, you know, there's no way you guys are using Discord. But mm. the thing is, as parents, you wouldn't know unless you start looking. And you, if you just say, yes, go for it, because your son says, oh, it's only for gamers. But mm. yes, it's only for gamers, but it's, it's open to everything and anything else as well. Mm. So that's why, you know, absolutely. you have to be very, 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 very cautious. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when uh, Sheikh Mulana Mahmoud Chandi came up uh, to the northeast and mentioned the same thing, didn't he? Mama, he thought all the ulama the front row said what's been on the news this week. And uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to shout, I'm not going to call out any of the ulama in the northeast, Alhamdulillah, they're blessed people. But um, he was referring to the telescope, I think, it was, um, you know, when they could go past um, a certain point. Um, and the, the Sheikh was saying at that point, he goes, We, as ulama, you should understand these things that are coming up, whether it is Discord, whether it's the telescope whatever new technology is coming on, because like you said, um, Molana, there's always a good and a bad. There's always that knife, you know, the knife analogy that you mentioned. And to understand the good, you have to also understand the bad. So in terms of that, Molana, you know, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned to your kids, you've got to do these things and stay away from the, the um, other things. In terms of enjoining in good and forbidding evil online, how can you make a positive impact as a, just a, a person that's just on it? Um, you know, say if you come across bad, um, do you just ignore that? Do you just carry on doing your thing? If you come across good, obviously you you, you support pages, etc. But and um, what are the things you you sort of give advice to your to your Muslim children? Yeah, so like enjoining good and forbidding evil, it, it's a principle um, within within our religion. Um, you know, there are many ahadith uh, in relation to it and verses of the Quran. Um, a particular hadith that is very common, which is quoted in in Sahih Muslim. Where the Prophet said, That whoever sees evil, then let him change it with his hand. And if he's unable to do so, then with his tongue. And if he's not even able to do that, then with his heart. And that is the weakest level of faith. So essentially, um, when it comes to encouraging and, and doing good and forbidding evil there are there are conditions there are like prerequisites that we need to be uh, you know conscious of it's not like it, because yes it's a principle of islam and it's principle within uh within uh, within the quran within our religion with from a hadith but it comes 
with a whole like you know whole it comes as a complete package where we learn how to do amr bil ma'ruf wa nahi al munkar in light of the sunnah so it needs to be done in the way that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you know taught us and in the way that he did amr bil ma'ruf wa nahi al munkar and therefore like you know scholars various different scholars that give these like prerequisites and and, and principles for example, Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, he mentions that one who enjoins in good needs to have three qualities. Firstly, he says that he needs to have knowledge. The second thing he says that he needs to have is gentleness. And the third thing he says is he needs to have patience. And knowledge comes before it. He says knowledge is the first thing that a person needs to have. Then gentleness comes during the Amr bil Ma'ruf wa Nahi al Munkar. And then patience comes after it. So it's not. Amr bil ma'ruf wa nahi al-munkar is not just for anyone and everyone. Yeah. There are some like prerequisites. And what I mean by that is if someone, and this is again, this is something that the scholars say that if someone deals with uh, another individual in the absence of hikmah, without hikmah, then they can do more harm than good. They can do more harm than good. Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, he mentions that wisdom is to act uh, as one should. In a manner that one should, in a time that one should. So wisdom it, it requires one to do things at a particular time in a particular way, right? Yeah. Not just like you know, okay, I see bad and okay, that's it. This person's not, not good, and this person's not good, and this person's yeah. not good. You know, that's that's not what like you know, enjoining good and forbidding evil is about, right? Firstly, you need to have sincere intention, right? And then it needs to be followed up with these with these things. Um, so essentially, um, you know, when you do see bad or when you are in, intending to promote good, then it needs to be done in a way with these conditions in mind, but in a way which is gentle and which, in a way which we have been, uh, which we have been shown within uh, within the hadith within the sunnah. So the reason why knowledge is important when it comes to amr bil ma'ruf wa nahi munkar is because sometimes people have grown up having a particular understanding and this is something like with the advent of social media and the advent of internet you know we this is something very new right because previously everyone lived within like a small area a small city a small country right and everyone knew each other and they all had generally the same kind of like tarbiya right they would, they would go like they had a handful of madaris and they would go to that madrasa same like you know set of uh, teachers and they would have the same level of tarbiyah the parents had a similar understanding of the tarbiyah and everyone would be nurtured with the same level of tarbiyah but now we're coming and we're living in an age where everyone is different i'm living here the way that my tarbiyah is done is very different to the context of someone living in america and the way that they have they have their tarbiyah done uh, as as a muslim and now islam is not different but the context and the rulings and and how ahkam are applied there may be slightly different, right? And then also from a greater scope of things, within the Sharia, we have certain rules which are muhtalafi, which means that they are deferred upon and they are acceptable differences within within the religion. So for example, the issue of niqab, right? Covering a woman's face is a muhtalafi issue. Certain scholars, uh, you know, deem, deem it to be wajib or necessary, compulsory to, to wear. Others say it isn't, right? So if a sister who does wear niqab and all she has known growing up is the wear, is wearing niqab and, and the wujub of it, if she goes onto social media and she sees someone not wearing it, 
she shouldn't because this is the reason why knowledge is a prerequisite because if she doesn't know that this is a muhtalafi issue she's going to go and say on the comments dear sister do you not know covering the face is you know this and it's part of islam and this and this but you don't know that that person holds the other opinion which is very valid exactly right so this is why when it comes to amr bi ma'ruf wa nahi munkar knowledge is a prerequisite and then gentleness meaning that the way that you do it the way the the way the, the way you perform your amr bil ma'ruf wa nahi munkar we know this from various various different um you know hadith and, and sunan practice we know the famous hadith when uh, a, a man came uh, to the masjid in nabawi he was urinating and the sahaba they were like you know they like you know so angry right imagine someone is urinating in the masjid and and the prophet he doesn't tell them okay yeah go beat him up right like this is your nahi and munkar right yeah. he tells them like okay relax relax you know and then you know he tells them like nicely speak to them nicely and then this is like another and then another thing which aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha describes about the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is um when he would like you know when he intends to correct uh, something about a certain person depending on what it was in a particular context he wouldn't name the person he yeah. would basically say ma balu aqwamin like what's the issue with some people that they do such and such right he wouldn't like take a name and he'll say oh you know what's wrong with this guy or this person that keeps doing this right now apply all of these principles now imagine if a person if every single muslim on social media that was to study about all these things from the sunnah and now they came onto social media and then they did amr bil ma'ruf wa nahi al munkar how different would the scene of amr bil ma'ruf wa nahi al munkar look on social media right now we have like you know like refutations and you know this and oh this person does this and that person does this right uh, you know uh, just like something and look if someone wants to um wants to do amr bil ma'ruf wa nahi al munkar adopt the sandwich rule all right if you have the knowledge and if you're able to do it adopt the sandwich rule the sandwich rule is you start off with praising the person appraising a quality of the person so if you want to correct someone someone has done something wrong right you firstly you try you try directly message them or you try to get in contact with them privately assalamu alaikum warahmatullah you know i really like the, your posts they've been so beneficial to me right i really appreciate you taking out your time and messaging me Oh, and and sharing them and researching them and posting them mashallah it's very beneficial um just something that i came across from one of your posts it had this um you know it had this uh, written which i was quite unsure about you know this is what i was aware about i just wanted to clarify that you know are you sure this is what you meant or are you sure you wanted to post this in this way um and then you end off by saying something positive so your sandwiches your one side of the sandwiches praises and then yeah. in the middle you give your you know like uh, the criticism but in the most you know uh, appropriate like. wording and then this the, the to sandwich it in you end off with some praises or some good words right imagine on the receiving end if that person receives that if they did bad right imagine how like receptive of your message they would be as opposed to as opposed to let's say someone does this and you send you send them either a comment or a message ya ukhti Ya akhi, don't you know the hadith says, and then you send them a lengthy hadith. Oh, you know, you because the hadith says you are a fasiq, or you are this, or you are this, right? You know, subhanallah, this is, you know, this is not how Amr bil Ma'ruf wa Nahi al Munkar uh, should be done. 
And then a part of that, we need to ask ourselves when we do do Amarul Ma'roof and we're, you know, we're correcting people. Are we standing up in Salah, in, in Tahajjud, or how many times after Salah have we raised our hands and we said, Oh Allah, I saw this and this and this person doing this. You know, please guide them. Please make things easy for them. Allah asks us to make dua for everything, right? So how much we need to ask ourselves, right? You know, reflect over this for yourself. How much have we done to, you know, um, uh, to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give them that yeah. guidance? So yeah. uh, this is something, you know, ta'ala with regards to Munkar. So enjoying good and forbidding evil should only be done by those who do it with a sincere intention. Knowledge, gentleness, patience, forbearance, all of those things need to be coupled with it. And it's only an obligation upon Muslims that are able to bring an effective change. Right, and if you're not, then according to the hadith, you should at least think bad of it. So if you can't, let's say you know you're not in a position to like write a message, or you're not in a position to change it, then just know like you know you see someone and they're doing riba, or you see someone and they you know they're backbiting clearly, or they're doing a clear haram, and you know you can't bring out change, then at least like think of that sin, not the sinner, the sin as something bad in your heart, right? And then you know it, all of these things involve like carefully considering the priorities the benefits, the harms, with the objective being to protect the Muslim community, right? Physically, mentally, spiritually, um, you know, in for the dunya and the akhirah. But like, you know, Amr al-Ma'roof, uh, it's, it's a huge topic, right? We can like speak about it for, forever. But, you know, and unlike with everything, the, for, the, the thing at the forefront should be, I'm doing it for the sake of Allah. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not commenting on it. I'm not like sharing on my story because people start thinking that I, you know, this person is, or mashallah, he's doing such an amazing job or this person is doing this. You should be, I'm doing it for the sake of Allah. And this is why, like, you know, the benefits is also needs to be considered. What is the benefit of me, um, you know, doing this Amr al-Ma'ruf? Is it going to cause more harm? In certain instances, you trying to correct someone may actually cause more harm than good. All right. So all of those things uh, need to be considered. Mashallah, some really good points, man. And um, I love the sandwich example as well. Um, I'm sure you, you must have come across that from a, a management course. <laughs> <laughs> it's a popular, a popular example. Um, but one thing I would like to point out, though, you've mentioned um, doing good and um, prohibiting evil from a user point of view. But I think it's also important to note as a um, content creator, Sometimes I come across content. I'm thinking, what was the reason, or, or why did you have to post this? You know, because mm-hmm. I think sometimes people get so excited they want to post everything and anything, mm-hmm. but then you have to think about, like you say, with wisdom. Like, mm-hmm. do I really need to post this? And so, like for example, an example, um, you know, sometimes you come across posts about uh, women's cycles. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, there's different contexts, there's different scenarios. Not everything is a um, uh, you know, a, a one blanket rule for everything, but then you'll come across posts like, "Yeah, you can't do this, you can't do that," and that's the end of the story. And then you look at the comments, and then it's just like, just going haywire. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, as a content creator, you have to be also aware of like what you're posting and why you're posting it. Mm-hmm. And again, using wisdom, you know, thinking about how would this benefit my um, audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the thing is, the whole like uh, from a different angle. So. Um, it's yeah there's a whole set of rules so the thing is this this whole topic of social media is so huge and like during covid 
um, I, I taught like through siblings of ilm this course like you know I, I think people were probably like confused like why, why is he teaching like social media but we titled it fiqh of social media right so and it was like you know where's like you know there's no there's no hadith or there's no quran ayah about social media like where's this coming from but simply the course was about we took like 40 hadith um which apply to uh, social media and the rules of social media and then exactly like what you've said we discussed it from both angles the content user perspective and then the content uh, you know creator perspective as well and then like you've mentioned then what we discussed in there were certain guidelines of what you're posting and essentially what was discussed is that when you use social media as a content creator you need to have a purpose like okay when you when you're connecting yourself to social media ask yourself what is my intention i'm opening my account or i've just you know opened up instagram or twitter or whatever now what do i intend to do with it and then you need to ask yourself your steps so your your posts as well and something that um you know that was said you know over and over again is you know ask yourself reflect over yourself is is this something that is going to bring benefit or is it going to bring harm all right because we have the hadith which says liyasmut like if it's not going to be good then be quiet yeah. right so you need to ask yourself look i'm posting this why am i posting it like is it these are the, the the people that are following me this is the kind of account i have and you know is this something that is going to bring them benefit or is this something that's going to not benefit them if it's going to benefit them in what way is it going to benefit them what message am i expecting them to take away from it all of those things considerations that need to be kept in uh, mind basically exactly um a few weeks ago we were fortunate to have um let me find his name. He was um, Maulana Dr. Muhammad Khalid Nadwisa from Lucknow. Visit, oh, wow. yeah. So he visited Sundaran with one of our studs, and um, something he really mentioned, which I thought was really fascinating, was um, he was saying when our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu called out the people to invite them to Islam the first ever time, he made use of the technology that was available at that time, and the technology at that time was to climb uh, Mount Safa. So that was their technology. And the other technology to broadcast was to say all the, you know, take the names of the Arab, mm. the tribes of the Arabs and call each Arab tribe individually. So he was utilizing the technology that was available at that time. So he was utilize, utilizing it for the right purpose with, with, with wisdom as well. And like I say, you know, we're not, this isn't to bash social media. Everybody, like you said, everybody's using it, but we have to know how to use it in the right manner. Um, which leads me to my next question, Morana. Um, I know you recently got married and you've been using social media way before you were married and I'm sure this would have come up. How do you deal with dealing with um, female sisters? Sorry, female, um, uh, what do you call it? Followers. Mm. So, so the, yeah, so the thing is like with, with um, obviously, so like I've been saying generally about social media, we have some principles in Sharia, right? We have some ahkam that have been given. We have a hadith. And the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ, the sunan, the hadith, the ayat of the Quran, all of these things are timeless, right? They're, ti they're not time-bound to just the, the companions or just the, 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 the sahaba and the tabi'oon. They're timeless. So they apply to us as much as they, they did to them. So we utilize those same principles 
and we apply them to the different circumstances that may apply. So for example, when it comes to gender interaction, the ulama have given us a general over, you know, overview, a principle of how we behave um, and interact with women. Right? Not on social media, but in women in general on our day-to-day life. Right? We, we, we coexist in the same community. We coexist and we live together. So now, those same principles that we have for out of social media, we would apply them in the context of social media. So, for example, um, the very like you know baseline principle when it comes to gender interaction is the prohibition of informal interaction. Right? So, you should not, with the opposite gender, be speaking informally. Um, so, this is then the very same baseline principle that we would then apply onto social media. Um, so, and then, like, there's no specific book or, you know, there will never perhaps be a book which will say, okay, you know, these are the list of things you can say to sisters or, you know, sisters <laughs> can say to brothers. Yeah, and yeah. these are the list of, list of things that you can't say, right? No, like, look, this is the principle that has been given. And then every person is an aqil. Every person determines for themselves, look, is this an okay thing to do? Is What is my heart saying with this, right? With this, like, I'm sending this message how am i feeling in in my heart right yeah. so it's like that like you know think to yourself what i would say and this is what the same message that i uh, i give to anyone that uh, that asks about this is you know look ask yourself if this sister was uh, to meet me outside um you know on on the street like she that's what she is she's just a stranger someone on the street and i was and i was to say this very same message to her on the street would I feel ashamed or would I feel as though like, oh, you know, like it's very inappropriate or yeah. this is something I can't say to her in person. Then you know that maybe this is a message you can't send. Or this is a message you shouldn't be sending. Right. But if this is something that you can, then OK, then Alhamdulillah. And then there are other like litmus tests as well. That look OK, if someone else saw your phone. Right. So your teacher or your parents and they saw these messages. Or your spouse, for example. So like you said, look, you know, if it's something I'm messaging and then, you know, my, my wife sees it, is it something that I need to hide away from her? Right? Exactly. This is a good litmus test, right? Yeah. So for, for those that are not married, if the, is this something you're having to hide away from your parents? Yeah. Right? So if you were to message your sister, are you is that something you're open and, and happy for others to see? Right? If it wasn't a private conversation and, and, and so on and so forth. Is this something you're open to share with your parents or, 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 or others? Then, you know, generally it'd, it'd be okay. But then for that, of course, you need to have some sort of self-respect. Right? Yeah. Right? You need to think of it as a sin. You know, as a person that's immodest and, and you know, like, oh, I don't care about my parents. I don't care about my teachers. We're not going to ask him, okay, like, oh, you, do you care? Or, you know, or what kind of message? Yeah, yeah. This is for those that have that kind of consideration of parents and, you know, they have that kind of uh, you know tarbiyah within them yeah that environment and tarbiyah within them where they know okay look you know this is something that uh, you know i can't say um you know out of uh, out of respect for the sister etc so yeah the, the overlining the kind of like the principle is that there's a prohibition um of informal interaction which applies equally to both men and women so it's not just men Right, so you, yeah, yeah, you, know, you asked about oh, you know, like how do you deal with women, sisters messaging you? Yeah, of course, it's other way around, other way around as well, where you know uh, sisters messaging uh, brothers and brothers messaging sisters, informal interaction between those um, who are not mahram uh, between one another, meaning talking freely and casually, joking about being flirtatious in the conversation, it's all you know categorically prohibited, and it's a sin. 
and and that's that's essentially what it is. Yeah, I think I think it was you, Mona, that posted it. I can't remember if someone else, but um, something about reviewing the people that you follow. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, it's, 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 always... reverse, but, uh, it's something that's stuck in the back of my head, like you know, once a month or whatever. Review the people that you're following because at the end of the day, the social media content that you're following is. Uh in one way or another, shaping the way you think, the way you interact with the world. So it's also important to review the people that you actually follow and the content that you're following. Yeah, so it's it's a post. Maybe it's the post that you're referring to that I shared. It's, uh, yeah, I think it was. Are, you are who you follow. That's what I <laughs> that was, that's, that's, You yeah. are who you follow. So like, you know, we have this saying, you are what you eat and you are yes. what you do this and all of this. That's why it was inspired from. You are who you follow. Because the thing is, like, you know, we have this term influencers now, right? Yeah. Um, and essentially, the, it's very, the, the term is very true because these people influence those that follow them, right? And then they get, you know, paid sponsorship to promote yeah. products and things like that. Why? Because, you know, companies know that these people have that influence on their followers. Right. And as Muslims, we need to be cautious of, you know, uh, who we, we follow because we have numerous hadith, right? In Jamin Tirmidhi, the Prophet said, a person is on the religion of his uh, friend. So he should consider whom he takes as his friend. Right. So every person we follow may not be a friend. Right. This is again something that we need to think about. And this is a new thing. Like historically, if someone wanted to have an influence or an impact the you know how you said like there's different mediums of of like you know of uh, getting the news out etc you know historically like when a government wanted to bombard its people its citizens with like some sort of you know media propaganda they would mm. just set up radios uh, across like the town centers and things like that and they would just play like a propaganda message geared yeah. towards the message that they wanted to give right yeah. now it's all social media yeah now it's on social media like if you if you want to give someone a get someone to thinking in a certain way you change the algorithms and you shape it in that way and then all their feed will just be about one thing 10 people are just posting about the same thing now this person also starts believing about the same thing yeah right that's and that's what it is um so you become you know who you are who you follow and this is it's very true because now over time you follow these people and you become just like them you start adopting their habits you start adopting their mindsets and their mentality etc and especially with people that use it more frequently and you know and and it just becomes something which has kind of like starts consuming you and for that reason like like you said mashallah when when we when we had this course in covid part of like the course for the students was actually a task i set them a task like you said that go and review all your followers so there were That's people true. that were following 2000 people they unfollowed a thousand people like you know <laughs> like i didn't realize like you know we do that like yeah, yeah. We, see, we see one 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 person post something one thing you know one post that oh like oh this is very relatable and we follow them but then yeah. out, that was just one post out of like 100 posts that is that is doing negative for us that's yeah. actually not good for us right so yeah. we shouldn't be following those kind of people so how this works and just a general guideline like very quickly is look you should have like principles that you live your life by and that those principles are based on sharia what you what you want to do in life what your standards are etc and then when you come onto social media you should see okay look is following this person going to help me achieve these standards or achieve my goals is following this person going to help me do these things 
right? Is uh, is following this person going to bring me closer to Allah? If if you know our aim and goal of using social media is getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa taala, etc. And then if we live if we live our life on social media, if we utilize it with these standards, then it becomes easier, um, you know. And then so going onto social media can actually be a pleasant experience. Yeah. Right, there are people to love ilm, ulama, etc. You know, like mashallah, you know, I follow you, and I, like I said, I benefit <laughs> from you greatly. Um, so it's 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 th- things like this, like you know, um, it's it, we create this community, um, and this, yeah. and then inshallah, I'll discuss this when we come on to speaking about siblings of ilm. This was essentially like one of the reasons that it came about was creating a community of like minded yeah. individuals in a time where it, nothing like that existed. Like now we have, okay, institutions and other people and, you know, different pages and things like that, that have, you know, that are connected to ilm, etc. But at that time, everyone just had like their own personal uh, page. And there was no kind of like central platform for tulabul ilm, for ulama to connect and be like, okay, look, you know, I'm I'm learning sarf al-nahwa madrasa. You know, I can probably look forward to seeing it on social media as well. Or like, you know, I've just learned Riyadh al-Salihin. You know, there may be a fun fact on, on social media about it. But now, like, you know, social uh, siblings of Ilm came about and we were sharing these things, like, you know, of different kutub that, that um, I was studying, of sharing different facts and things I was reading, like, okay, this imam says this and this person says this. And people were like, wow, this is amazing, right? Like, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I just learned about this in madrasa and now I'm coming on and I'm learning more. Right, yeah. and, and this can actually be beneficial for me. Yeah, and then people absolutely. like you know started to follow, and they were benefiting, and Alhamdulillah, kind of grew from there. Yeah, one thing I would like to point out, Manana, about followers as well. Um, like uh, like we say, it shapes your mind into the way you would view the world. But from an adult's perspective, like I'm thinking about my the, the future of my children, I'm thinking one of the things that we are taught is when you're looking for a marriage proposal, you look at the grooms or the brides circle of friends but now you know you just look at the followers you look at who they're following then you get an idea of what kind of you know interest they have and that will give you an insight into what kind of person they potentially could be as well so i think that's even more uh, important to um check who you're following if you're not married because <laughs> um you could be lo- lo- looked into by your uh, potential father-in-law your mother-in-law no, you're you're right. You're right. Except, I mean, I, I saw a tweet once where someone said, "Oh, you know," and this is this is really like bad. This is something people need to think about. Is uh, they said, "Oh, you know," like when I go on they, in South Africa, they call these samosa runs. So meeting <laughs> when you go on when you go on meetings um, for for marriage, they call them samosa runs. Uh, you know, yeah. So when when I go on these meetings, I'll just delete social media or I'll just deactivate my social media. Like Subhanallah, like you know, like dude, like you know, who are you trying to hide from? Right, who exactly. Are you trying to, you know, who are you trying to, like you know, fool kind of thing. You think like people are not gonna know? Um, and again, this was a discussion that like you know we recently had on on on, on social media with like other tulab that look what's important. Uh, when it comes to and this isn't the topic of discussion but just very briefly look when because you brought it up when you do go in into a meeting or when you are seeking a spouse and, and things like that you'll be very clear about your social media usage uh, what your intentions are about using it why you're using it the people that you follow why yeah. you know and even the number of accounts that you have some people have a have a normal account and they have a, <laughs> you know, a, a very private account right with only like 
the khas people in there um and you know and then you you know you that's where the things go down but people want to hide that so um you know yeah like things like this it's 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 not how it's not how you know it's it's not healthy um yeah. and unfortunately uh, you know being very real um i know I, we, we say this in like a very jokey way but becoming like you know taking this very seriously unfortunately it leads to many uh, separations in marriage and many divorces and because yeah. what tends to happen is um you know the partner gets married uh, under under assumption on the understanding that this person is like this and now that that the the true side of themselves was not shown and then months later the person finds out and it's like okay well you didn't tell me about this yeah you didn't disclose this yeah and, and that's it and, and things just you know go like this crazy um so yeah i mean you know things uh, don't work out then and you you know you're you're basically um you know you're you're uh, taking your uh, your your marriage already from day one towards failure unfortunately in that way yeah i think um especially young children they don't realize like how impactful social media can be in your own life well actually even for adults you know how many times do we come across on news that this so and so posted something back in their days but they become elected but because whatever they posted, like maybe 10, 20 years ago, then that's it. Their career is ruined. Mm. But it's like a lot of people think, oh, you know, I can say what I want or who I want. It doesn't matter. But sooner or later, it catches up on you. And then that's it. End of, end of story. It could be an end of your marriage, end of your career or end of relationships as well. Yeah, yeah. SubhanAllah. And then on, on, on a more like deeper, deeper level of that is imagine once. And again, social media is one of those things where after you die, it stays. Yes. I imagine on the day of Qiyamah, it's going to catch up with you. You know how yep. you said like 10 years later, it's going to catch up with you. Imagine on the day of Qiyamah, every, like after your death, everything that you posted, people still access it. People still, you know, commit sins mm-hmm. through the, the post that you shared and everything. Now it comes, it catches up on you on the day of Qiyamah, right? Even though you passed away, it's, it's, it's that recurring effect. Exactly. Um, subhanallah. I think we spoke a lot about the, the negative impacts, if, if you like, of social media. So time to switch it up a bit. I know a lot of the listeners listening will be interested about Siblings of Ilm, how that came about, and the content creation behind it as well, Molana. So um, I know you mentioned and touched upon it a little bit, but in terms of the journey, did you have a eureka moment where you thought, right, this is this makes sense now to put it all together, to be that platform and to be that uh, that group of, um, like you said, Tulabul Ilm that can, um, that can provide for them? Um, and how did you... Keep your intentions clear. We talked a lot about intentions of social media when you're opening your app and it's loading up. But how do you keep your intentions clear when you're you're running such a big page and you know you're getting more and more recognition and etc. etc. So so the thing is, like you know, it, it may seem now like you know siblings of Ilm was like like you like you said you know where, what was the moment that said okay you know I want to formulate all of these things. There wasn't. It was like you know it started off like a very small kind of effort. And, I, you know, I'll tell you how it came about. It was, I was in my, like, third year. My sister had just started Alimiya at that time. You know, she was, like, really fancy with her um, Nurul Ida notes and, 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 and things like that. You know, Nahawal Sarf with all these tables and things. Um, and, you know, I was, like, uh, studying a bit of Tarjumatul Quran and reading Ma'ariful Quran, etc., etc. So, at that time, I was already, like, taking pictures and sharing them on my on my platform. But then... You know, we said, okay, like, like, let's let's put together a page where we can both do it, right? So you can share your things, and I'll share my things, and it's just on one platform, so it's not coming up as you know with my name or anything. So you know, you said, okay, cool, and then I said, okay, what should we name it? 
So uh, it's like, okay, you know, coming up with a name, that's the most hardest thing to do. You know? <laughs> uh, so with coming up with a name and she basically, she basically said, look, we're both siblings. There were like, you know, there were some names that we came up with, like with ilm in it, uh, because we wanted to, you know, have it with ilm. Yeah. But uh, she said, oh, look, you know, we're both siblings. And, you know, like with us like seeking now, with us like learning and things, there's another factor that connects us and that's ilm. So we are siblings of ilm. And uh, that's where it came from. Um, and uh, then after that, um, you know, we started like sharing certain things and, you know, posting. And like, like I told, like I said, um, it, like, you know, it was so people could relate to it so much because they were using social media. All right. And they could relate to it so much that they felt, OK, you know, this is, this is something beneficial. This is what I'm finding. This is what I'm reading about. This is what I'm hearing at Madrasa. I've come here and I'm hearing the same thing and I'm learning the same thing. It's helping me. It's enhancing me. It's exposing me to people of a very similar mindset. And the thing is, things like this already exist within like different uni universities. You yeah. have, you know, like ISOCs and all of these things, but nothing like that existed within an ilm circle. Yeah, amongst, yeah. Like, within tulab and within, within, you know, within seekers. So, uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, it was like really well received. Um, and then, you know, it was nothing like you said, there's no like formal, we never had a had a logo, you know, didn't spend so much on like, you know, branding <laughs> and things like that. It wasn't like a, a business motivation. Yeah. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to start an organization now, or we're starting an initiative. It was simply like, okay, look, you know, literally just write, wrote at siblings of ilm on every post and that's it. It was just like a normal text typography thing that we did. And we're just sharing things, writing about like different ulama that our teachers would speak as speak of, you know, expose us to. Um, one of the earliest posts being about Mufti Taqi, uh, you know, Hafizahullah, and uh, another post was also about Mufti Rafi, um, Rahimahullah, you know, who recently passed away. And mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, I think of of these things, and one thing that really helps me is I, I see social media as like my personal blog almost and especially yeah, yeah. like you know posts like these because it's it's a documented you know version of my journey like yeah. I, you know i know like okay this was when i was exposed to mufti taqi like in 2015 so i went back when you know when i heard uh, of mufti rafi's uh, passing away i went back on siblings of ilm because i knew i had posted about it and i checked and i said look you know subhanallah this is when i when i came to know of him first um, and it's like it's it's my you know own kind of like personal uh, blog almost. Um, but then moving on, along with wanting to share something, it had to it had like a dual purpose because we had named it siblings of ilm. No one knew who siblings of ilm was, meaning who was behind it. So I you know we hadn't like I hadn't posted that okay you know this is I've started a page or I've done this or whatever. And the and the and the the primary reason being this that i didn't want people to think that oh you know this person is is a very big you know sheikh or big hazrat or big this because like you know when you share something on your own page people start ascribing you to to that or oh, this person like reads a lot this person does this a lot this person does this yeah. so you know and that wasn't me right and i you know like i didn't want to give a false impression so siblings of ilm gave me that kind of uh, you know if you want to call it escape where I could post something to share because I benefited from it, but then also not have my name written all over the post. So yeah, people yeah. don't think that, okay, or this is, you know, Huzaifa or this is, you know, whoever, basically. So that way, Alhamdulillah, intentions were, were like, you know, Alham inshallah, we hope that, you know, it came 
with good intentions and it came with sincerity etc and then alhamdulillah and then it was only after i think like after i graduated um you know there was like a lot of mashwara that i had to do because our deen is based on isnad um you know and al isnad in the deen and it's based on chain uh, chains of trans trans, trans uh, chains of narrators and transmitters etc um and you know, it's important that you know who you're taking your ilm from and you're taking your knowledge from. Yeah. So from that, uh, you know, came a lot of mashwara about informing others um, about who is behind siblings of ilm. Because it's important to know, like, you know, you can't... Because it was reaching a stage where there were new people that were joining who weren't from the same background, who weren't from the same kind of methodology and, and so on and so forth. They were from outside of the madrasa system. So there was a need to tell people that, okay, look, this is what the page is promoting from and this is where it's come from and this is the person behind it and these are the credentials uh, so that people know that okay you know this is this is what it is because you can't have any random person thinking that i can jump onto social media and i can start you know giving fatwas or giving you know yeah, speaking yeah. on hadith and speaking about tafsir and, and, and so on and so forth so then the need arises and uh, the need arose and then uh, from there came uh, you know like just just and and it wasn't it was never like uh, yeah, and even now, like, you know, if you go onto the website, there's no, like, about us page which says my name on it or anything. It's just told, uh, you know, through social media that, oh, you know, like, yeah, um, you know, I set this up a long time ago for these reasons. And that's it. It's so it's so that people knew that the person behind it had a connection to ilm and ulama and things like that. And it's not just someone who is just, you know, uh, trying to deceive people or kind of take yeah. people away from deen, basically. Yeah, I think that well, just to um, uh, that it leads on to the next sort of few questions is obviously like you said, you know, you it's your personal journey, like you mentioned the story about Mufti uh, Um, you know, going through that post, and I'm, you know, I'm sure many of your listeners and many of the people listening today saw that, you know, you reposted it and stuff. But um, I'm guessing all your followers have sort of come on that journey with you as well, and they're seeing now courses and webinars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when was that? When did that start to come through in terms of you know when you grew it from? Like you said, a, an Instagram page, just putting the logo on it, well, you know, just writing siblings of ilm to now doing courses and blogs and, you know, your website, or, you know, and everything else that comes with it. Mm, so, uh, mashallah, that's, 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 that's a good question. Um, so we, so like I said, so once the Instagram page started to grow, um, one thing that I realized was um, not everyone had Instagram, right? So I would like, you know, share things, but you know, not everyone was able to benefit from it. And also, because like I said earlier that I was using Facebook, there were so many ulama that were writing like really good things, right? They were writing amazing posts and I wanted to share them with everyone. So then came the idea of having a blog and a website. So then started a blog, had a website um, on which then um, I began like sharing, taking like the long posts that the ulama had written and then posting them on the blog. Um, with credit back to them etc um, and then from then alhamdulillah that meant that people that didn't have facebook that didn't have instagram could also benefit so yeah. now people were just circulating those links and, and so on and so forth so then for a long time it was just these two things it was just um instagram and it was like and then from instagram kind of you know i thought okay look we've got an instagram page we're producing the content we're, we're creating them with this so much effort going into it why not just have um, a Facebook page and we can just share the same things 
and then, you know from there kind of shot off the idea of Twitter um, as things grew and you know and, and so on so and so on and so forth um, but then with relation to courses and things the very first course that I did was actually whilst I was studying and that was in uh, it, it was titled the prerequisites of seeking knowledge and it was just an adab of seeking knowledge for tulab al ilm and uh, thereafter then once I graduated I, I did another course uh, through siblings of ilm because I wanted basically I, I come from Leicester right mashallah there are so many ulama around us so I wanted to kind of you know give benefit of what I had learned and kind of share with others what I had you know already studied with my teachers so alhamdulillah this gave me the opportunity to do that it was only these two courses that I had done and then around March um, the time that COVID was uh, you know all in, in essentially in the pipeline um, I was you know invited to a meeting with like senior imams and things like that where everyone within Leicester was just discussing about what the next steps would be for masajid for madaris etc and essentially if you I don't know if you guys recall it was just like months before Ramadan so yeah, yeah, closing down masajid yeah. was a very big step um so i was in that meeting and you know the doctors the professionals are saying okay look you know we're going to have to close down masajid it's coming like you know anticipate it it's a very serious thing and at that time like you know we we no one had heard of covid and we're just thinking like what are these guys talking about right um anyways then i went i went home um and then i called uh upon like a few of my friends and like tulabul ilm many of whom i had known either through you know social media or you know we had grown like a relationship over some time um and i told them that look you know this uh, unfortunately masajid uh you know it, it, this is what's happening right it, it may it's likely it may it seems that masajid may be closed during ramadan and you know it's going to leave the muslims in a like just the, the people the musallis in a very awkward situation because you know you're not able to attend the masjid which means that your bayans are going to stop everything is going to stop let's plan something right so um, these were all like senior tulab you know uh, or they had already graduated they were ulama themselves so i told them that look you know if you can give me an idea of what you can teach etc um and then um you know once they all realized that all the masajid or madaris were going to you know shut temporarily um, they all said okay inshallah let's do this right so i think within so then over like i think 24 four hours or 48 hours it helps that i do web development graphics design so within like 48 hours i you know we put together like a courses website for siblings of ilm um, and then like within the space of uh, a few days we had almost like about 12 courses for different like you know for just for brothers for brothers and sisters just for sisters like rolled out um, and mashallah like the amount of um you know people that like the amount of you know, uh, need and, and the amount of zeal that people had shown was amazing. And they were all free, um, but we were capped with a limit, right? And we were using Zoom before Zoom was even a thing, <laughs> right? Um, and it was capped with a limit of only 100 people. Um, and, and like certain courses, so there was an alima that was teaching, for example, Hayd, and we wanted to keep it very interactive and things, so we could only invite 20, 25 people. Uh, but then on, on the waiting list, we had about 175 people, 175 wow. sisters that were like, you know, wanting to join the course. 
So it was like, you know, what do we do? So then, like, trying to reach out to more alimat and, you know, more talibat saying, can you teach? Can you do this? Can you do this? Um, alhamdulillah, then, you know, and, and I literally, like, to this day, make so much dua for all of them and every single person that helped during that, you know, during that period and even thereafter. Because, you know, it was it was their mujahada at that time and, you know, at that, that, that moment that made it all possible. And they all came on and, you know, someone took on, like, teaching Riyadhul Salihin, someone took on teaching Seerah, someone took on teaching, like, just, you know, Hadith Sciences, Tafsir of the Quran, someone took on Fiqh of Hayd, Tajweed, for just for boys, just for girls, all of that. Alhamdulillah, within, like, the space of, you know, a few days, we had, like, 12 courses rolled out. And then, Alhamdulillah, what happened was different ulama, so as we sent out posters, so again, it helped because I did graphic design, that, you know, mashallah, like you, could you could you could, you can just make a poster? Yeah, I we made a poster, shared it out, and people were finding out about it. And Alhamdulillah, um, you know, like it's literally, there'd be courses with hundred spaces which would be filled within hours. All right, like you know, four or five hours, and everyone's registered. Um, there was a need, and like we were trying to fill that void and that need. Alhamdulillah. Um, and then what happened, like you know, as as weeks passed, is then you know I, I there were ulama that saw um, that you know we. We had the platform there. Um, so they had already prepared workshops in Ramadan or leading up to Ramadan to deliver in Masajid. But now Masajid are going to be closed. So then they said, oh, look, Mulana, you know, um, is it okay? Like, can you, could we teach on, on, on your platform through Siblings of Ring? I said, of course. Like, you know, it's not my platform, it's your platform, <laughs> right? Um, and I've always said this, like, think of it as your own. Like, you know, I'm just here to facilitate. And this is something, you know, I, I, I say to Tulabul Ilm Ulama as much as possible that use the skill sets that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you and blessed you with. And in my case, it was like this know-how of tech, of, of you know, of the web, of, of graphic design and this, in which I was able to facilitate this. So when, when, when the alim came and he said, I want you to deliver this course, for him, literally, he didn't have to worry about anything else. It was just about just delivering. He didn't have to worry about marketing, um, getting in touch with teachers and students and, you know, sending out emails or anything. All he had to all he had to do was show up to the Zoom session, teach and leave. And he fulfilled it. Alhamdulillah for him, he could he he shared the link and the registration with his community as well, in, in which which were going to benefit from in, in the masjid. So, you know, Alhamdulillah, it really worked really well for them. And then they kept, you know, then they kept messaging saying, oh, you know, could we teach another one? Could we do this? <laughs> so Alhamdulillah, it was like, you know, from there, it kind of grew yeah. to the stage where like, you know, until COVID ended um, or things started reopening, we did almost like 45, 50 different workshops and webinars on all different topics and all different, like, you know, and by that time we had already like hosted almost 10,000 students, um, you know, Alhamdulillah. And it was long-term courses. You know, there's, for example, one of my classmates, Murna Umar, he started teaching in COVID, um, Sira, and like just the Meccan period, like he it lasted him almost like over a year, like eighteen months. He was like very in depth Sira, and now he's still teaching the Medinan period. Like since he started then, like almost two three years ago, and he's still teaching the Medinan period. Um, and people, are, you know, the students there, they're still joining and they're benefiting from him. So it was like this one thing. So then. You know, I told the, the students that uh, connected and the Tulabul Ilm that, look, we're doing this for two, two purposes. One is to, you know, allow, to enable uh, the masses to connect with people that have ilm, to the Ahlul Ilm, yeah. right? Because there's so much, you know, deviance on the internet. There's so much incorrect information on the internet. There are so many, you know, fake people on the internet. 
right? Definitely. And the second thing is, is we are presenting and siblings of ilm is creating an opportunity for you to do khidmah, right? Many a times, like young, young tulab, young ulama, do not get that opportunity to teach, right? For whatever reason, whether it be like because they're working nine to five, you know, they're not able to teach maktab or, you know, they're not able to find a vacancy of some sort. So, through siblings of ilm, if they have an interest in a science or, or you know, or, or something of the sort, they're able to deliver and they're able to teach that. So, alhamdulillah, and then, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, close friends and teachers and, you know, we made mashwara. And then we, you know, from there, kind of, they suggested ideas, uh, you know, certain people, certain shuyukh, they were bringing in, so, for example, Mona Shaheen, um, he, he was recommending people, uh, you know, why don't you get this person on? Why don't you get this person on? And then he was speaking to them as well, asking them to come on, etc. Um, and alhamdulillah, in that way, you know, we had like webinars and courses ongoing. And then as like, you know, things came towards the end of COVID, obviously this was like just for, we. our intention was, look, COVID, masajid are closed, we, we're going to teach here. And then we came to the end of COVID, one of, like I was on the phone to one of my teachers and he knew about like, all the siblings of ilm and everything we were doing. So he asked, okay, so what's your plans now? And then I told him, like, Ustad, look, you know, this we set this up for COVID. Now, you know, when COVID finishes and, you know, Masajid and everyone returns, we, we're going to discontinue, like, courses and webinars and things. Um, and he said, like, why? Like, if it's working and you're benefiting people, then, you know, continue doing it. And, you know, it'll, and, it'll, and, you know there's a need and you're filling in that, that void. So why would you stop something like that? As long as you know you you keep the intentions pure and clean and you know invite the you know those who are uh, experts in those in those less in those subjects and the the, the ahl of it etc. Why would you you know need to stop it? Um, so then of course like you know it's not as active. We're not doing as many courses as we were during COVID, but Alhamdulillah we're inviting like different ulama to discuss about either books that they've taught or you know subjects and 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 that they research that they've done about points of expertise etc like for for tulabul ilm it's been amazing like for example in ramadan we had like a daily session on uh, the introduction to imam malik's muwatta yeah. imam malik himself right which was alhamdulillah very well received you know they were like almost we had about 300 400 students register almost about 90 80 90 joining daily during ramadan um, to to learn you know about hadith um, with uh, Mufti Ismail Musa, mashallah. and then like you know, then um, again, uh, there are certain sciences because of how our uh, alim uh, courses, Dals and Nizami is set up, we can't like you know teach them in detail, or we can't kind of delve into them, we can't dive into them, because like the alimia program that we have now is a condensed version of what we find in the subcontinent. Yeah. So like for example, Ilm al Urub, like you know, uh, the science of poetry. You know, it's it's non-existent in many of the Darulums today. Um, but then, you know, we brought in uh, someone who's very well acquainted with poetry and, and so on. And then he taught a five, like, you know, five-week session on poetry and the meters, etc. Which, you know, again, like available on, on for the courses, it was free and for available on YouTube for free, etc. Where he was teaching all the meters of poetry. All right. And Alhamdulillah, and, you know... I, after that, I came to know that many teachers within Darul Ulooms were recommending that to their students, saying, you know, as part of their supplementary uh, learning, that they should go and review these courses and, and learn them, learn from them. So, Alhamdulillah, you know, it's like it's been something very positive uh, within the within the community. When I traveled, for example, to South Africa recently, 
almost like you know every alim that I was meeting was asking me like okay you know like siblings of ilm like how did it come about and what's <laughs> happening and you know like uh, what did, like how have you done it what is he about and you know it's it's like and it's and it's been really good to speak to them about it especially the seniors right they yeah. were like senior ulama that were like asking about it and they were making dua for it that were like you know saying that look we have students that speak about siblings of ilm but we've never looked into it and what is it about tell us about it and and yeah it was like really interesting um you know to to discuss that with them and alhamdulillah it's come a very long way you know uh, thanks to the duas of everyone that's benefiting from it and and mashallah you know a lot a lot of duas for those that have supported it uh, through teaching courses through you know kind of like sharing uh, everything that's taking place uh, you know many people are not able to attend them but simply getting the word out and it helps you know, sharing it on, on, on their social media platforms and things like that. And uh, yeah, you know, there's so many uh, amazing stories. There were converts and, and reverts that came on. A sister that came to know of from the Philippines. Imagine she was a Muslim for four years. And she said, you know, I've never like kind of studied uh, the Quran uh, or le- reading the Quran formally. And then she joined our, our Tajweed course. And mashallah, you know, she started learning it. She joined our Arabic grammar course. And she, she went through the whole course. Yeah, you know, given that she didn't find it easy because it was very overwhelming for her. But this was the first time she was able to connect with, like, yeah. you know, female scholars. And this is what this was this was the point that, you know, we always speak of, oh, you know, sisters have no one to connect to. This was this was it. Like, this was, we were, like, connecting uh, women with, like, you know, reliable alimat. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and, and many courses taught but all the courses taught by alimat have only been for sisters right where sisters you have like exclusive access to this alima right benefit from her and then they have their own telegram groups and they have their own google classrooms and things like that so even after the course finishes they can still connect with them they can still you know they have you know like for us you know like we want to ask a masala pick up the phone you know we've got someone even if you're yeah. an alim if you, even if you're not a talib even if you're just an uncle in the masjid you go up to the imam afterwards you know this is the masala what do i do but yeah. women don't have that it's it's yeah. an issue but alhamdulillah through this it's like okay i can go up to my ustada and i can message her i have someone to contact so in that way they were they were facilitated for and they were helped so the, you know there's like so many alhamdulillah so many things came out of it and so many things that you know uh, that were beneficial and like I said, I, I and I pray and I and I make so many du'as for everyone that helped facilitate it. Of course, Mona. It sounds like it's been a very overwhelming journey, mashallah. So is it just out of interest, is it just yourself and your sister still running it or do you have more people no, now? So <laughs> subhanallah. <laughs> so my sister, um, she didn't so she did a number of her alimiya courses, but then she didn't see it through. So she didn't finish it. So for a number of years, like since uh, madrasa, since I was in madrasa. Um, the, the truth be said, when she did want to help, she was helping, but then she got very busy with her. She was doing hibs at that time as well, and she got very busy with that. Um, but then what happened was, Alhamdulillah, like I said, there were like different Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is how I see it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent different people to assist and facilitate, right? Awesome. Like, you know, like I, I can, you know, I can say that, oh, you know, this is it was like it was all from Allah. Right. Allah sent when people when there was need for people, Allah sent them. At the moment, as things stand, we have like uh, three, four active uh, like volunteers that help. Um, someone that kind of responds to uh, Instagram messages and kind of like you know uh, uploads 
posts occasionally, etc. Uh, we have uh, someone, uh, Molana, who uh, is in South Africa, who helps with doing some of the design work. So I create the template for him. He edits the content, etc. Okay. And then we publish that. And then there are a couple of brothers um, and sisters who help with like uh, coordinating the classes and the courses and things like that. So if I'm not around and they need to start the class or the course, etc., then they join the course, they introduce it, etc. So Alhamdulillah. And, you know, uh, yeah, that's that's essentially it. Yeah. Um, inshallah, one of the things that I do want to do through it is take on Natullabul Ilm who want to help and who want to volunteer and then, you know, train them, you know, give them, show them the ropes of how to design on, 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 on social media or for social media, right? Um, and something that I've, I've said to Tullabul Ilm again and again and, and the ulama as well, that this isn't like my platform, right? I, I, like I said, I've never put my name on it as like, okay, this is made by Jose Fasaleh or, or whatever. It's just for the credit, uh, the, the, the fact of credibility yeah. of the of the platform, you need to have a name there. I don't mind putting anyone else's name on there, right? <laughs> but uh, but the reason I say that is, you know, think of it as your own platform and come, you know, like share whatever you want, right? You know, like come and if you think that you you want to contribute in in the form of an article or a post or something, ahlan wa sahlan, you know, you're you're more than welcome. Don't think of it as oh, you know, this these guys are doing the work and. I can't do it or I can't I can't contribute and this and that basically. Yeah. I would like to point out the Molana is um if a person can't contribute by contributing in an article or a post, you can become a patron. I know you haven't mentioned it, but that is the one way of you know, just imagine the amount of people that are benefited. If you become a patron, then you know inshallah you will have some share in the rewards as well. Um so you know, I, I can't remember the link, but if you want to share the link, <laughs> no, please. You know, it's like I say, it's each one, each individual is out for themselves in the terms of you know pleasing Allah. And if I can please Allah, or me and Jian can please Allah by getting more patrons to support sibling on it, then it's you know, end of the day, fair for us and for the, uh, the page as well, inshallah. No, alhamdulillah. Um, no, I, I appreciate that. I mean, you're right. To be honest with you, like for example, if I, if I was to tell you, like, look. It was only because of those Patreon supporters. Because I remember, like, during COVID, we were getting, imagine, like, okay, for every course we were sharing, there was, like, almost two or three times the waiting list. So we, we, we were limited because of Zoom. We had purchased the basic package, which was, like, I think 17 pounds a month or something. Right? Yeah. And obviously, there was no kind of, like, donation or, or anything of the sort. So, you know, we, I was just mainly covering the fees. Um, and then the next up, option was like only 500 um you know participants which was like 60 70 pounds yeah. so at that time then i you know i went like i spoke to a couple of people and then they chipped in and then we said okay like you know let's uh, let's kind of like open it up there were other people uh, willing to help and and so on and so forth so now alhamdulillah since then almost like two three years now our zoom you know facilitates for 500 people and sometimes we've had to upgrade that so last wow. year november when we had uh, the teacher training session for maktab teachers, we had 1,400 teachers register. Um, <laughs> now, you know, that's like crazy for Zoom, right? <laughs> so I was, I was stressing, like, I was like, you know, like, what do I do? And, you know, what, uh, you know, so then we like, we pushed it up. I think, it, you know, it cost like double the amount, but we pushed it up to like 1,000. 1, I think that was maxed out. You can only have like, I think at that time, there was only the possibility of having 1,000 participants. 
or then if you want more than that you have to change it to the webinar package or something along those lines so then we paid for that but all of that was is only possible through alhamdulillah these people you know mashallah uh, you know and majority of them are like to love themselves they've they've taken the benefit and they see like the um, the need for what, what what is being done with siblings of ilm and then they contribute um, alhamdulillah you know and like you said it's it's a benefit for them but if someone doesn't want to become a patreon then and they just want to donate one off then even on the siblings of Ilm website siblingsofilm.com forward slash donate you know they can just donate like through paypal whatever amount they want um and benefit from it but you know all of those financial aids and everything is there to for me it's like you know the, the biggest way if you want to help is you know benefit from the material that's shared go onto the youtube channel take benefit from the number of webinars right number of webinars that are there whether you're an whether you're a talib an alim whether you're not not a talib there are there's a course for you to take benefit from there's a fiqh of zakat course right all throughout the year if you want to learn about zakat you can learn about it at your own pace there's you know uh, uh, imagine like we had a course for uh, male hygiene so we had parents come on teachers come on and teachers were like you know i remember there was one teacher he sent me a picture with his maktab uh, kids and him and he had the webinar up they were <laughs> learning about uh, you know bulug and and how to be clean and everything and it's so lovely to see yeah, like, you exactly. know, you're, you're, you're making such a difference to like all these people and then like i said like last november when we had a course about teachers teacher training we had almost over 800 teachers across the world in one place at one time Inshallah. imagine and was that the sheikh hassan ali what was that sorry was yeah, sheikh hassan ali. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was there, <laughs> yeah exactly so and then it was and then it's amazing because although it's 800 teachers if each one of them is a maktab teacher and yes. each one of them has 10 15 20 students the impact is multiplied imagine now what they're learning from there they, it's going to take away and they're going to go implement that in their in their class and it's going to change the way that you know they're teaching and exactly. all of those things and and subhanallah you know and this is the unique thing that although like it's not and and it's very important that we don't think of it as a numbers game and we don't get yeah, yeah. down with the numbers but because of because everything that siblings of ilm is doing it's aimed for tulab and ulama and so what we're doing isn't just changing that one person right is helping the community so we help for example there's a molana zaid right we, te- we teach Molana Zaid how to, you know, you know, something, whichever course it is, a fiqh of zakah or, you know, something advanced that he hasn't studied, ilm al-urud or something. And that helps him better understand the tafsir of the Quran. That in turn is going to help the community. That yeah. in turn is going to help him help others, right? It's not, he's not just, he's not just a Zaid or a Bakr who's just going to connect better with Allah. That's going to help him. This person who's learning is going to help himself and others, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, alhamdulillah, like, you know, the, the reach, like, although these are all numbers and, you know, so on and so forth, but the reach is something you can't measure. Exactly. Because it goes back and it teaches so many more. There's a, there's a, like a recurring wave. A right? ripple effect. Yeah. MashaAllah, Marla. Marla, um, I would say it's been a very long and interesting discussion. I can see you stretching now. <laughs> Um, I think we shall end this session. Um, don't want to really keep you on for much longer. It's, we've gone over. Well, if there's anything else that um, you want to discuss, I think there were some pointers that you said you wanted to kind of give because we advertised it. I think it's 
probably worth mentioning about someone who wants to start a new page, how they can like you know, oh, yes, etc. Um, so basically, I think I think very quickly, I won't I won't take too long, inshallah. But you know, firstly, you need to think about what you want to achieve through that. Right? Yeah. Ask yourself, look, I'm starting this. What do I want? There's always a need. Something I told, I asked my teacher. I remember when I was in madrasa, I told my teacher, you know what? Like, there's so many kitabs. You know, there's so many books already out there. Is there ever gonna be a, a, a topic or something that I can write about? You know, how can I contribute to something? There's so many, there's so much already out there. And he was like, you know, our religion, our tradition is unique. Until the day of Qiyamah, there will be something that you will, you can contribute. There will be in some way in authorship that you'll be able to contribute. So no matter how many pages are already there or whatever, you will be able to give some benefit to someone somehow. But don't get like bogged down with the numbers. Don't get bogged down with followers and things like that. You know, have a clear intention, number one, have a clear purpose. What do you want to do? Why are you doing it? And then have a niche. Like, okay, look, if your page is just for the general person, right, a general Muslim, and like, okay, so for example, you want to share your notes on a hadith, right? So make it about that and then target it towards those people and then start sharing it. But then the biggest thing, and this is something I see so many people that want to start a new page struggle with Molana is and and I say this because you know like so many people come and they're like oh I'm starting a new page could you could you help me could you give me advice could you make a logo for me a shout out you know yeah <laughs> you know like I'm like okay yeah sure but then what happens is after a few weeks it dies down so they have yeah. so much josh they yeah. have so much josh they have like yeah I'm going to start this I'm going to do this I'm going to do that I'm going to do this and then it dies down Right, and then you know, subhanAllah, it's non existent. So, the one thing, and the reason that, that, that it generally dies down is because there's they're not getting that many likes, the, the followers aren't there, yeah, yeah. they're thinking to themselves, Oh, you know, like, is there, is there a point? But yeah. to begin with, don't do it for that sake, just do it. Right, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, and then with that consistency, there'll come a time whether it's one person, two people, three people, whoever's benefiting, you just keep it up there. And then think of it as your own legacy, right? That look, even after you die, maybe someone will discover that page and benefit from it. And that's it, right? Other yeah. than that, then just leave it, leave the rest to Allah. So the main thing is after you've started, the istiqamah, just keeping it consistent. And this is the thing, people think that siblings of ilm is this, you know, like, you know, we've got this all this whole big plan and this and that. But really, it's just like, you know, we've been posting consistently for the last seven years. Just been sharing, sharing tweets, sharing this, sharing that. This alim says this, and this is what this scholar says. And then people relate to it, and people want to stay connected. And that's all it is. It's just consistency, right? But yeah. if you if you lose that consistency, then that's when things don't stay. But then, of course, at the same time, you've got to ask yourself, am I posting this because I want the I want the likes, or I want the followers, I want this? No, you just do it because, you know, this is the goal, or this is a project that you're working on. And just keep 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 with it. And uh, yeah. yeah, you know, Alhamdulillah, you know, it'll, it'll benefit. Um, and, you know, in terms of making posts and things like that, you know, there are so many tools out there. There are so many platforms out there. Um, you know, even if it's as simple as using PowerPoint, right? Just write a quote on PowerPoint, save it as an image and upload it, right? And there's so many, you know, on Publisher and whatever platform you have, you know, uh, there are so many apps on the mobile phone now as well, right? Yeah, you yeah. just simply make something. And you know, add a add add a nice picture or something, colors and whatever, right? What I used to do on Photoshop on like 
you know, 10 years ago for the quotes, you can probably do on the phone now, right? That's how advanced <laughs> yeah, things have yeah. become, yeah. right? It's, it's insane. So, yeah, you know, alhamdulillah. And uh, have a clean intention. You know, if there are tulab al-ilm that are listening and that want to help, uh, but they don't want to start their own page, then reach out to Siblings of Ilm, you know, info at siblingsofilm.com or any of the social media platforms. And, you know, tell us that, look, I want to contribute. I want to write posts. I want to write articles. I want to design or I want to do this. I want to edit videos or whatever. And, you know, we're, we're more than happy for you to join the team and take khidmah and, you know, serve the community. Um, the good thing is, and one of the most important things, is that you stay grounded, right? You, you need yeah. to stay grounded with, like, an alim or some ulama overseeing your work, right? And this is why, and I know, I know I'm taking so much time, but this is why I, I came, I shared this idea with a few people. And I said that part of either part of the Alimiya program or Makta program or something, we should have a class where we train to level ilm how to use social media and how to grow that on page. Yeah. And this is, if I was to do it, this is how I would do it. I would basically have a class either once a week or something where we can sit down and I will I will ask each each student what do you want your page to be about think of a name come up with a logo and create it all right and they all have to create their account and share their login details with me and then um, you know weekly it'd be their role to produce one two or three posts and I will vet them I will as a teacher I will check the post and then I will give I will sign it off to say you can post this now and they will post it and we do that for a year. Any questions they get on through DMs, they're not allowed to answer it. They have to bring it to that lesson and class and we'll discuss those questions. We'll discuss what other people are asking and we'll discuss it as a class. And then that way, and obviously there's so many other things to think about as well, but in that way we train and we do tarbiyah of these tulab al-ilm on how to use social media so that when they graduate, we have a class of 10 or 15 ulama that know how to use social media and how to do khidmah of the, of the, of, of the communities on social media that's a really good idea <laughs> yeah uh, inshallah, um, maybe take it up maybe, <laughs> maybe someone that's teaching maybe a madrasa will take it up and let me know you know how it goes inshallah yeah yeah definitely i think um on the terms of um people setting up their page and especially if they're doing it for dawah purposes um i guess one of the pressures is to create content and i think if you know what you want to create the content for and you've already got an idea stick to that content because it's so easy to create something and then see something else and think, oh let me put my, you know let me try a bit of that and then that's you kind of better. that's getting more views that's like yeah right now. yes exactly yeah, yeah 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 and that's so easy to just divert away from your own like initial um focus and i guess yeah. sometimes it's also important to take a social media break you know you see sometimes yeah. so many people saying off Twitter for a week, off Twitter for a month, or people in Ramadan, like I'm blocking, blocking and I guess it's, it is important to take those breaks. Um, so you kind of, you know, detox yourself from this uh, social media presence. Yeah, no, of course, of course, these breaks and everything is very important. Um, yeah, inshallah. Um, you know, if anyone does want um, more help, then I'm sure they can reach out to Molana. Molana um, <laughs> has very well experienced. With many followers, mashallah, and, and very good designing skills, mashallah. No, man, I lost my focus, but inshallah, this has um, motivated me to get back on the platform and uh, spread doing some good, inshallah. Um, I guess on that note, Marla, um, we'll call it to an end, unless you have anything else you would like to point out or mention. Um, 
no, no. I mean, is, is, if there's anything else that we've missed or any questions that you have, then you're more than happy to ask, inshallah. Jan, anything from you? I was just going to say, yeah, obviously, some people may not be able to support by Patreon, but it's free to follow pages like Siblings of Ilm. It's free to share them. It's free to, it's not, if you've benefited even 1%, and somebody else can benefit, you know, that same 1%, it, it's worth, you know, putting on your story for 24 hours, you know. And the same way that, um, you know, our teachers say, you know, the same way the Quran can go for you or against you, and Molana alluded to before, social media can go for you or against you as well. So, you know, try and use it for that. Um, but yeah, it's free to follow and share. Dean Talk and Siblings of Ilm and, and the many other pages out there, inshallah. So, yeah, keep building. Okay, on that note, um, okay, Jazakallah for all our listeners tuning in to listen to us on the um, Mixler platform. Um, as always, please remember us and Monana Huzaifa in your du'as. Assalamu alaikum.